Hello and welcome to Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million-part series. My name is Logan Wolf, and I'm coming to you from my office in Provo, Utah. My wife and I moved here uh, 12 years ago as church planters, and during that time, man, our ministry has taken a number of different expressions, uh, turns and twists that we did not expect. We started as that mobile church meeting in the conference center of a hotel. Uh, after five years, we were uh, a multi-site, like overnight with buildings and staff in two different counties. And then after several years of that, we even offloaded that structure and have been functioning for nearly five years now as a network of house churches across the state of Utah and beyond. Uh, my purpose in this podcast is looking back over that experience, that decade plus ministry experience, church planning experience, and just deconstructing it and uh, sifting back through it so to uh, as to uh, just basically help you and making some decisions. If you are a church planter preparing to, to plant or who have just recently planted, I want to save you some of the heartache and the frustration and the tears, as well as just the time and energy and money that we have just wasted and burned through and uh, so many different points in our own ministry. And uh, today, I am joined by a friend of mine, Chris Murray, who lives in Santa Quinn, Utah. And you've had, we know we've had de- several different voices, several different church planters on the podcast already. And uh, I, Chris is someone here in Utah with me. In fact, he's someone I still rub shoulders with and run with, with some consistency. So his story does not parallel mine in the strictest sense, like maybe Isaac's did. Isaac's been on a few episodes out there in California. Uh, But again, I think it's something tremendous value to hear how he started, what he went through, where he's landed. And uh, we're going to kind of let him share that story now and basically highlight maybe one of the bigger uh, mistakes that he feels like he's made. And if it turns into we need to have this over a, a series of episodes. We absolutely would do that. But Chris, man, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Yeah, Logan, thanks for having me on, man. Right on, bro. Well, it is good to see you. I would just for the sake of our listeners, the audience, would you just recap your own story? I mean, your own background, even becoming a believer, because I know that's unique to you as a church planner in Utah. And then walk through as much as you think we need to that story of your church planning experience, where you've landed now, and then we'll we'll kind of unpack your your uh, mistakes that you have made. And if, I know, bro, I know we've talked like you, like you are like me. Your mistakes, I know, have been multitudinous, like just plentiful. <laughs> so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna try to pick those apart and distill them for the for the sake and the benefit of our audience. But go ahead, bro, share us share with us uh, what your what your story, your church planning experience has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, kind of to start, um, I am a, a native Utah and I, I grew up um, LDS, uh, which is the, uh, you know, common belief system around here. And uh, I uh, probably about age, I'd say 13, started to really get serious about life and death and about the kind of person I was going to turn out to be. In that, I decided to take a, a LDS seminary class. And um, in that LDS seminary class, I got bored rather quickly and I started reading my Bible and I encountered Jesus in the midst of his word mm-hmm. while in a uh, while in a, a completely different religions uh, <laughs> uh, instructive class. So it was kind of interesting. <laughs> um, I spent about two years running away from God, running away from grace. And then uh, God kind of cornered me and said, it's time and when I was the senior in high school. And uh, I had an uncle who uh, who had gotten saved kind of somewhat miraculously. 
uh, he came back to preach the gospel and, 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 and asked me if I believed. And I, I knew I did. I just, it was, it was evident that the gospel was real and, uh, my life was, uh, transformed, um, over the next couple of years, you know, through a couple of ups and downs and things, you know, it's like a stock, it rises and falls as you go, but God definitely got a hold of my life and began to change my priorities, um, begin to heal some things in me. Um, always having that feeling of not belonging. Um, all of a sudden I was completely accepted in the arms of Christ. And, um, that was just yeah, a man. beautiful thing. So, uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I, uh, ended up, uh, because I'm, uh, as you know, Logan, I'm a little bit of a hyper guy. I've always got a sarcastic joke to tell. So no. And I and I could spit a hot, and I could spit a hot rhyme or two. So somebody thought that sounds like a great guy to throw into youth ministry. And so I spent about uh, I spent about uh, eleven to twelve years, um, you know, uh, being a youth pastor or youth director, kind of depending on where I was at. Um, I also was able to run a church camp and uh, a couple of uh, statewide retreats and things like that along the way. Um, and, uh, in the midst of all that, um, God just really got a hold of my heart, um, about discipleship. I kept, I kept seeing these teens come through youth group. And when they graduated youth group, it was like they graduated church. And, yeah. um, and, I, and I'm, I say all that cause it's a bigger part of our planting story. Um, as they kind of graduated church, I started to realize like, I hadn't been discipling them. I had just been entertaining them for years yeah. and, and I'd never actually, brought them into an account encounter with the real Jesus. And so when they left and when they, you know, there was no more youth group to be a part of their faith kind of left with the youth group. And so um, I also, uh, my family and I, we walked through a couple of pastoral changes at the church we were at. So I got to step into some interim pastor duties and, and God just began to impress upon me more and more um, this need for deep relationship, both with the believer and Christ and then the believer with other believers that we were actually meant to live more in tribes than we were right. meant to live as a part of like organizations. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. really what, and, and I don't say that to like diss the organizational church or diss um, what uh, some people I think have properly identified as like free market churches where, you know, it's kind of like everybody starts their own little like, you yeah. know, entrepreneurial church. And, and yeah. um, in some ways, uh, as much as my heart was moving in that direction, I didn't fully grasp how much of my heart was still rooted in that organizational free market system. Yep. Yep. Um, where a lot of it, um, so kind of the, I'll keep on my story and maybe come back around to that. I think that might make more sense. Um, so uh, we uh, stepped out of our, our youth ministry in December of 2020. How long um, have you been in a youth pastor at that point? How, uh, that was, that was, uh, that was 12 years of, of you being a youth pastor 12 years, and, okay. uh, and four to five of those as being an interim pastor at the church that I served. So I was kind of, um, carrying okay. the dual hat. Uh, there's, there's a, uh, there's a really, there's a really good teacher that I like. I don't agree with this, but he, he has a funny quote. He says, every, every time you have a church with a youth pastor that are more than five years, he's just a senior pastor that couldn't make it. So I, <laughs> I, I, I try not to take that to heart, but uh, I, I, that's not true. If you're listening, by the way, it's not true, but it's, it's just kind of a funny dig at myself. Um, so uh, after that 12 years um, and uh, I read, you know, I read through uh, a couple of, of different books on uh, just uh, small micro church and uh, high volume church multiplication. 
Um, well, I'm trying to remember. I know we, we talked a little bit about titles and I and they're all escaping my mind right now. So that is of well, no help you, to your audience. You, were you in the book discussion that we did around uh, megachurch and multiplication? No. You were not in that. Okay. Never mind then. I was that was one I thought that's a good one though. That is a good one, but you weren't part of that. Okay. No worries. No worries. Yeah. Go on. No, um, honestly, we went through a lot of the uh, We Are Church uh video series. Um, my wife and I spent yeah. a, a, a long time and then just also just reading through acts with this like new vision of what the church was. Like, like we didn't impress our uh, 21st century Western culture church into the story. We actually just let the story be the story. Yeah. And it, it really impressed upon us this need for change. So uh, we left our uh, youth ministry, went into, uh, got, we got connected with a uh, mission organization that had a like mind uh, for seeing um, high, highly multipliable uh, disciple focused, disciple making focused churches that lived in tight community with one another. Um, we got, we got involved with them Um left our church, went and did a uh, church planting residency. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, we did that for about six months. Along those six months, we picked up a couple of folks. We actually picked up another couple that was uh, dedicated to this um, this uh, adventure, I'd, I'd say, of doing church. Uh, <laughs> and um, we uh, began to take them through some of the trainings that we had and, and got ready for a launch. And, and I, the whole time, I mean, I had... Uh, I had really thought that we were probably not going to launch for a year or two. And then we ended up jumping out six months after we started the residency. And that's probably a podcast for another day. Well, um, let me stop. Let me stop you here. So yeah. we did an episode about launching too quickly. I don't know if you listened to that one yet. Yeah. I know you've listened to some where we're basically, you know, we, we moved in May and we're doing great, like preview services in June, July, and August and launching in September. So do you feel then it sounds like, do you feel hindsight you didn't give yourself enough time between gathering those people and launching or talk through that just a second. I mean, just briefly, if you can. Yeah. 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 I think uh, two of the mistakes I made there were um, I was in a rush for no reason. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it felt like it, it felt like having that service where the church prays over you and sends you out. was like what made it real. Yeah. But it was already so real. Like if I, as I look back on it now, like we were, gathering people in our home. We were making disciples. They were eating meals with us. Uh, that was one of the mistakes I made. And then the second one was um, I didn't demand, and this is going to sound a little harsh, but I didn't demand buy-in from the people who were telling me it was time to launch. So um, folks weren't uh, being a part of our, um, you know, we we were, we had these processes we had kind of agreed to as a body um, and, and, and how we were going to step out and launch. And there were people who came in who just didn't agree with those processes. That wasn't something they were interested in. They were only interested in getting the church kind of separated from this other thing yeah. um, in order to launch it out. And like, in my mind, I, I can remember specifically like saying like, Hey, I don't think it's time, but if they're ready, I don't want to hold it back. And now I like go back and I'm like, Oh man, like, I wish I could talk to that Chris, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you know, which is the point of all this, but <laughs> yeah. Well, that reminds me the, a couple episodes ago, we had a church planner from Mississippi on James Reardon, and he talked about, he used the metaphor of pirates and Christians that you bring along thinking they're going to help you, but pirates in the sense that they commandeer, you know, nautical term, commandeer things and kind of redirect things. And it, it sounds like that's what they, well, you, other people were 
getting a chance to speak into it that probably shouldn't have had a chance to speak into it, right? I mean, well, and and the result of that was, uh, I believe, a month after we planted, uh, these people took. We had five families when we planted, which was pretty good for a starting out house church, man. That's pretty yeah, healthy, man. Um, <laughs> uh, in numbers, in numbers. Uh, uh, they these, these people uh, that were really pushing for the launch uh, within a month had taken three of the families that started having their own like rival meeting in the same like neighborhood, um, and so yeah. So, uh, and then there were, you know, a couple of, of wonky things like we don't want to study the Bible. We don't believe in church leadership, like uh, and and things I was willing to kind of wade through because uh, I thought the word would kind of do the the work of convincing them. Uh, yeah. But I think I could have probably have waited on letting the word kind of convince them before I decided to make like a giant investment <laughs> in them and risk um, this other couple that was with us that were just super faithful and super invested in the vision. Um, there was a lot of uh, uh, confusion that kind of created in them. Um, so, you know, and it, it's really just poor leadership on my part. I mean, that, that's really what it comes back to. Uh, I, bro, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I look back and see, you could point, it's, it is breakdowns and things you should have said you didn't say and things you did say you shouldn't have said and should have been patient when you weren't and vice versa. So I know I totally, I totally get it. Uh, okay. So I did, that was a, that was a rabbit trail. You, you yeah. we, we cut off your, your, basically your, your narrative, your story. You started, you said you rushed for no reason. You were starting too quickly. Things kind of got wonky. Okay. Pick up from there, bro. Just church planning wise. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for about six months, it was just us and this other couple uh, meeting. I um, mean, honestly, it was, um, it was a beautiful time to fellowship. Um, but uh, we didn't have uh, any mechanism at this time for like, interacting with people outside of our little, like our little, like, you know, circle. And, and that's yeah. like, you know, house churches are beautiful, but I mean, as you know, that's like one of the, you have to have a mechanism where you're engaging with the culture outside of what you're doing. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, and it wasn't like us four close the door, no more type of sync thing, but almost <laughs> like functionally, that's kind of what it was, you know, is it was like, it was kind of a closed off group and it was really hard to break into. Um, so about six months went by the Lord, uh, brought in a couple of folks, um, who started kind of coming along and, and one of the big things we pushed as we planned as churches, we didn't want to be all about Sundays. Like we wanted to, to engage throughout the week and for Sunday to be a culmination of what God was doing throughout the week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we had a couple other people come along and their only investment was they were willing to come on Sunday. I mean, they were, and in fact, one of them was attending a different church with, with her, with her husband and then coming and, and kind of hanging out and kept calling the church a Bible study. And which, I mean, and again, like, I, I think that's just <laughs> your, what you're seeing is a couple of like, uh, uh, you know, gauges there to kind of show you where people are at. And yes. I kept just being like, well, they'll get it. They'll get it. They'll get it. They'll get it. Um, well, so, let me let me stop you again because yeah. I just, I yeah. want to just as a, even a reminder to maybe pick this up down the road. When we switched our service time, when we were in the buildings, we switched our yeah. service times from the morning to the evening, and thinking it was contextualizing it, uh, accommodating for Mormons who would go to their ward in the morning and then come to us in the evening. But you had that same issue that that exact scenario where you have believers show up. And they were viewing it as, oh, I go to this and this church in the morning, and this is something I do in addition. And that's I'm that's fine. I I, I don't want to yeah. like there is this bigger picture, and that's great, but you can't build, and I think that's what you're getting at. Correct me if I'm wrong, you can't build on this lack of commitment, 
kind of like, oh, when it's convenient, I'll show up kind of thing. Like this is just extra. That's like, yeah. that's not how you, you can't start a, you can't start a new church, a church plant. If everyone's viewing it as something, you know, convenient, I'll just show up whenever I want. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and it's shown through, um, and I think you, you have to identify two things. I think early on, um, you have to identify what is church to these people? Like, what is their definition of church? Yeah. Like everybody should yeah. have to write that down. I think actually every <laughs> church should be required to just have on the front of their building. This like, is what we're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is, I, I know we, we attempt to do that with our, uh, with our websites, but I think we get a little complicated. I think it'd be better to just be like, church definition <laughs> you know like every sunday we we're, we're putting <laughs> it up front yeah yeah, uh, yeah. And, and then also uh, the second thing is and what is your purpose in that church that's good you, do you know and so what yeah. what i had was um and and to, to, to bless and you know, bless uh bless these people's heart um they were very clear about who they were i just wasn't listening um one of them said you know hey i'd like to start something similar in my own home and I really feel like God has called me to this and I just kind of want to come experience it so that one day I can reproduce it. And um, I know like as a disciple, maybe we get really excited about that, but um, the reproduction was kind of already happening <laughs> in my, in my home. And there was kind of a, a domination a little bit of the, of the meetings um, that, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's just, it's just the natural outpouring of who people are. And you have to just, you have to believe them for who they are. If they believe they're a teacher and you're going to invite them into like an exploratory Bible study, then you're going to have to be very clear about your boundaries uh, to have them not like kind of take over. Right. right. It's like when I came to your house, church, and I talked too much. <laughs> no. I just, just, no. I just messed with her. <laughs> I think I did though. I think maybe like a couple of times I might've like talked a little too much, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, but, uh, funny. but yeah, no. And so um, uh, we started to see uh, this, this, this couple that was with us, that was sold on the mission, that understood what the church was supposed to be. Um, they just started to see that we weren't actually doing these exploratory Bible studies where people were engaging Christ for themselves. We were having conversations where everybody was just saying their opinion. Um, yeah. And, and, and that was a lot on me that I, um, I, I was very good at stopping people and say, where do you see that in the word? But I, I wasn't very good at having the conversation after the, after the gathering to say, Hey, like, I just, I'm not sure you're really like invested here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there, there probably should have been uh, on my part, a little bit more effort to like outside of the Sunday gathering to kind of pull these people aside and say, Hey, you know, like, like I, I, I just kind of want to know where your level of investment is and um how can I, you know, if, if this isn't really kind of what you're aiming towards, how could I steer you towards something that that you would maybe be a little more comfortable in? Well, and bro, but okay, I, I'm, I mean, we're 12 plus years going on 13 years in, and that's still a struggle for me. Like that is a hard, it is hard to do that. And I get it. I get that it is a mistake. Like I know, like that's something that needs done, but yeah. I, you know, you, yeah. In hindsight, you look back like, man, I should have said this. I should have said this, but I also can empathize with you. I know how hard it is to pull someone aside and like have a very pointed, direct conversation. So, yeah. Well, and and I think that that buy into what the church was had to come first because yeah. at the end of the day, like how much? I mean, I don't think any of these people showed up with a, a desire to tear down or or any of that. I think they showed up with an understanding of what they wanted and maybe not an understanding of what the church was. Right. Um, right. And so, um, so 
we went on and, and this other couple that was super faithful and understood the vision, we started to see them kind of disengage a little bit because the, the meetings, we were, it was just kind of getting boiled down to just Sundays. A lot of like everybody, like nobody actually like uh, interacting with the word and, and finding discovery for themselves, but a lot of like, well, you should do this. And you should, you know, like, and, 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 um, you know, there were things about it that were very beautiful. Like, I don't want to like completely sell it off. Like, oh, it was just terrible the whole time. Like I really <laughs> genuinely enjoyed like my time with these people, but, um, it just, we started to see this like, uh, slow deconstruction of like what the dream was and what the hope was for this. Yeah. And then my wife kind of just asked me one day and it was, it was, a, you know, my wife doesn't, as you know, Megan, she doesn't talk much. Um, but when she does, you better listen. Uh, usually, that's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so she just asked me, she goes, are we doing anything of what we set out to do? And, and like, hit, and, 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 and she kind of shared some of her frustration that things had like floated so far away from what we had set out to do. Um, yeah. And a lot of it comes back to this idea that, um, I knew what the end product was going to look like, but I was not good at identifying the processes that I had to walk through and I had to get good at in order to produce this end product that I hoped for. And I think even the end product, I had like been so specific with it. I did not allow for the opportunity, you know, for the opportunity that God might not give me every single thing that I needed mm. in order to accomplish that. And so in some ways I was in love with the product and not in love with the process. Yeah. So let's, okay. Yeah, man. Or the, or the result. If you don't like the word product, when I talk about <laughs> church, I, I was in love with the result. I wasn't in love with the process of getting to the result. Right. It's living, it's living in the future and not living necessarily in the present where you're at, like what, like what God's doing right now in the moment. So, I mean that, and it sounds like, this is what it builds towards. And I think this is what we talked about kind of settling on as this big mistake that was made is this yeah. living for the future and the, like the product, the result and mm -hmm. not living in the present, the process of, I loved the, I think you said it this way when we were talking earlier, I loved the, my love for the result or product was greater than the love of the process, which product or not the, the, the alliteration P and P is, it's where it's at, man. Right. So it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, and, 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 um, in some ways, um, our team, uh, the other couple that was with us again, they were, they, this was their first step in the ministry. Like they had kind of just been like, you know, they, they had served as churchgoers, but they had never like stepped out and like had a ministry be theirs. Um, and the other guy I was serving with, he was really good at bringing everything down to earth and kind of bringing things back to, you know, back to, uh, ground zero as I like yeah. vision casted off into space. Like he was, he was good. And, and as he kind of um, started to feel a little bit of disengagement on, on his end, um, then we kind of lost that element of our partnership. And so, um, and again, I think this all just kind of boils back to, I loved churches. I didn't love the process of church planting um, or the, you know, like, like I, I love the idea of a biblically intimate, like close to Jesus, close to each other, serving the community church. Right. But I didn't love what it was going to take to get there. And so um, to kind of, and before we jump into that, maybe <laughs> I should end it off. Um, so we uh, ultimately moved towards a place where we looked at the health of everyone involved. And we just said, we asked ourselves the question, would you want to disciple somebody to this church? And the, the answer was, was no, um, because it, yeah. it just wasn't healthy. 
And I was, uh, my wife was kind of in a place where she felt like she needed to kind of step back and recover a little bit. Uh, there's some re- relational hurts and some things that she had walked through and all of that. I was starting to become a little bit frantic in my, re- my leadership, becoming more reactive than responsive. Yeah. Um, and um, we just kind of made the decision that it was time to kind of pull back and rediscover the mission um, and, yeah. and kind of see, like, did we really want what we were going after? Um, and, yeah. and luckily, like, you know, the, I mean, I, I'm not trying to get to the end of the story, but luckily, like, God has brought us to a place where we're like, yes, we still want that. We just right. now have to talk about how do we fall in love with the process? And so just for, again, for the sake of the audience, you have circled back. You're not in, you're not actively planting a church right now. Like to be like, right. There's yeah. A, I mean, not, it's not in the, the sense. Yeah. Not in the sense where you could say, um, uh, here's our name, here's our website, here's right. our, you know, here's our logo. Um, yeah. I would say in the sense of my wife and I are dedicated to becoming better disciples so that Amen. we can become better disciple makers. Um, We're kind of taking this year to um, establish some mentorship around us, um, to grow closer to Jesus in in ourselves, and then to just start to build some healthy, uh, more healthy rhythms into our family. So that when we invite people into these processes, it's just a natural outworking of who we are, as opposed to some like thing we've set up for you to come to. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So then let's, let's maybe touch on that a little bit. Because let me ask you, let me ask you this question first, because I don't think your experience is unique. Because I feel like church planting is that you know, quote unquote, sexy thing to do or cool thing to do. So yeah. I mean, and, and I've talked to a lot of church planters. I know you have. I mean, is that do you find that that there's a lot of people that like they want to get into church planting, but they're thinking to the end and not actually considering what all that takes to get there. I mean, what have you yeah. seen just pattern wise in that? Well, it's um. You know, we we hear these great stories of of men that like you know um, uh, men that went into these like distant lands and they established a church <laughs> network and you know like and then you know like people write books about them and make movies about them and, it, and they're kind of the um, the star of the show there and that's I think men um, you know most church planters are men <laughs> and I think men naturally want, uh, and that's biblical. Uh, there you go. Men, men naturally want like a glory unto themselves. Like that's just how we are. We yeah. want to accomplish things. We want to say at the end of our life, I, I did dedicated this. my life to a yeah. purpose and I accomplished it. Yeah. Um, and um, there are in the same way, like, like you lift weights, right? Like, like you're yeah. like, nobody, I don't know if everybody knows this about you, that you're like this mega athlete now. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know about like all that, Logan, but... <laughs> Logan, Logan, Logan takes Ironman competition or a strongman competition. Oh, like they're tic tacs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, that's a lot of, um, individual choices that lead up right. to a bigger choice so that you can compete. Right. 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 Uh, and it's the same, you know, it's the same thing with most things we do. We just don't, we, we don't see church like that because we bring in the spiritual element. We think everything's going to be really easy because it's spiritual. <laughs> right. Yeah, am, I dude, wrong, I'm am, a, am I wrong about it? No, like, you like, go, bro. It just, you're just upsetting me. <laughs> yeah. And so then when things are hard or when we're not naturally good at things, we tend to just kind of lean into the things we're good at. And yeah. like ignore the things we're not good at, even if they're absolutely vital and necessary to our mission. Yeah. Yeah. And 
and and I and I think I think somewhere along the way I stopped thinking of myself as a, a quote unquote church planter and I started thinking of myself as an overseer of a mission in my city. Yeah. Um and, and when you kind of that 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 seems like the same thing, but it's actually there's a mindset change because um all of a sudden your heart becomes dedicated to people knowing Jesus and then knowing other people that know Jesus more so than people coming to your church. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's, it's so, I mean, even now when I say that, like, I still love preaching. I love, like, I love being on a Sunday morning and there's like a lot of people and they're like listening and I'm like, you know, giving them the word and God, yeah, man. and you can feel the spirit just moving through you as you like <laughs> declare this eternal truth over their lives. But that's not church planning. That's, no. that's, that's, that's the result. And even in that there's, you know, things you need to be able to do to even make that somewhat effective. Yeah. Yep. And it's really weird because God's now moving my heart. How much I love preaching. I feel like God's moving me towards a model where I don't even know that like anything more than like a 15 minute sermon is going to be the result of, of a Sunday. And right. like, you know, I'm dude. Just, and uh, yeah. yeah. And so I, 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 I'm, um, I'm, I'm in this place just where God is, um, refining that in me and and trying to get me to fall in love with the processes of making disciples and meeting my neighbors and and just serving people with no agenda and that's right. that's so hard because if you want to plan a mission the first place the mission starts is in your own heart and in your own life and in your own family yeah man that's good and bro I, yeah sorry i went on a i went no, on a no, that, well no <laughs> and i wonder i don't know if it's enough to, to give a full conversation to it but that's the same i remember when we were coming out here the our our missions director and i talked about this in the episode where i talked about missions agencies our missions director who had never been a missionary uh you know never planned the church asked us directly like are do you intend to be the pastor of this church indefinitely and in my mind I was like like yeah like the, but there was like this confusion like church planting that apostolic missional evangelistic gifting juxtaposed to the pastoring, shepherding, teaching giftings. And I think sometimes, I don't know, there's this confusion around those two things, you know, and it's like the, the, the front end, all that missional work, the evangelistic, prophetic, you know, uh, uh, missional type work is way different than the shepherding teaching, standing up front, like you said, to a full room and everyone's a, you know, good job preacher. That was a great message. That's totally, totally different. And I, you know, I, I think we've done some of that too, where we, we look to, it would be great. Of course we had the, we, we didn't start with the house churches like you did. We started in the, you know, the, uh, conference center of a hotel and it was empty for a full year. So we had very humble, very quick <laughs> <laughs> around that, that image of preaching to the crowd, but, uh, Hey, okay. Circle back here. Yeah. And, and you're talking about in this season, okay. we started church planting some unhealthy patterns uh, some some thing you know people coming in again I want to use uh Tierden's metaphor of the pirates coming in with different opinions different t- pulling it in different ways you've pulled back from it you're not actively gathering people like you were in that that mm-hmm. setting uh but you talked about establishing some healthy rhythms yeah so just will you just speak to so okay if we're going to start making disciples and gathering disciples and starting churches and building the kingdom what are like what are you learning in this then like what do those some of those rhythms look like let's give some practical handles to some of this yeah 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 so um whatever your um 
whatever your model is going to be. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to broaden this out because I, yeah, I can absolutely. get like, I always think my way is the best way. And so like, you know, like, <laughs> I just, you know, like I got, I'm a real tired. If, bro, if I thought it was wrong, I wouldn't do it. Right. That's like... <laughs> exactly. exactly. But um, what I'd say is whatever your model is going to be, make it a natural outworking of your own life and your family. So if you're going to do the, um, you know, if you're going to do the uh, big to small, you know, like big to small model where you have the big Sunday and then that breaks out into these smaller groups um, yeah. throughout the week. Then what I'd say is like, learn how to, I mean, if you already got the big Sunday figured out, learn how to build those really healthy smaller groups because you're going to have to teach somebody how to do that one day. Yeah. That's and you have to love teaching someone to do it, even if they're not just like you and they don't do it just like you because smaller means you've got to let go of a little bit of control. That's right. Um, um, That's right. And so, or if you're going to go, um, you know, the other route of like, we're going to do the Wednesday night, you know, midweek Bible study, we're going to have a kids thing, we're going to have that. Like, I would just say, like, start doing that with your family to where you could just start to build that out um, as you add people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it's so much easier um, to work out all the kinks with people who love you and can't leave <laughs> like, <laughs> than it is to like, you know what I mean? Like, so you live in, in this some, house, you will be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think that's when I knew my church plant wasn't doing well. When my kids were, I said, hey, you want to come down for church? And they were in their rooms and they said, nah. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I, I appreciate that. But I, oh my I, I, we'll talk about that later. But you got to come down for church. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, 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 so, um, wow. so I would say definitely. Um, and then whatever you're not good at, just look that in the face. I mean, really just look it in the face and say, okay, I've got to do one or two things. I've either got to improve or I've got to go and find. Right. You know, like, yeah. like, like, and, and, you know, I know um, I had a lot of brothers like yourself. I mean, you came out, walked my neighborhood, prayed with me. I know you didn't do that. So I'd mention it on your podcast, but I, I'm not saying <laughs> I didn't know I did not, but I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I know. Um, and you, and you even like, you know, you were one of the few pastors that actually came and sat through a Sunday and kind of gave me a, an honest, like outsider opinion of what you saw. And yeah. um, all those things are, are are so healthy, but I, I still in that time, I didn't fall in love with going door to door or, you know what I mean? With uh, yeah. prayer walking and everything. Um, I have started to kind of step back into now, like a rhythm of just getting out into the community and like inner and getting in there and like you know sharing you the gospel to. folks yeah, and you have and, to and just seeing where it goes and like learning like what to stay out of what to get because i'm i'm great at arguing I'm, i you know like i'm not so good at just like knowing when to say hey this probably isn't going anywhere god's probably not working in this person's heart i could probably move on like you know like <laughs> like um but uh i would say whatever you're gonna do for for your church bond whatever your model is just start living it now now, if you've got right. the uh, big attractional model, and you know, I, I don't know if you should go set up at the park with your guitar and just there, maybe that is so. Because in a lot of ways, that's what you're gonna be doing. You should be setting up somewhere and just and hoping to people. attract people. Yeah, you know. And so, um, what we've done is um, we're 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 kind of starting to build that in our family, um, that you know, midweek kind of real deep fellowship, and then on Sundays we see it as a serve and share day. Um, so we want to go and serve other people, and then we want to try to share Jesus. With like whoever we can encounter, uh, whether that be at a church service, we you know we've talked about maybe going and doing some other things like just going out and serving at a, a, a home, you know, a, a food shelter or you know whatever whatever we can get our, our hands on. But this idea of like if Sundays are going to be about reaching out, then let's go reach out. Like let's yeah. do it now. Let's not wait till we have some people and then we're like, oh, I, I, th I think we know what to do. Let's you know, like, right. Right, we've, right, right. We've already lived it. 
like yeah. we're uh, kind of the, what the way Megan and I put it is uh, eating. We're 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 eating our own medicine. You know what I mean? Like like we're yeah. We're we're not just saying this would be great for you to do. We're saying hey, we've been doing this. We'll do it all. Come yeah. come into this with us. Um, and if and if we don't like doing it, if we're refusing to do it, how dare we ask anyone else to? Yeah, bro, and that so when I had a conversation or uh, an episode. It was just me, so it was not a conversation, but about making disciples and how I had never made disciples until moving here. And even then, not until just recently, right? And But to your point of like, yeah, you don't wait till you start to do the things that you know, like you're Yeah, I think that's huge. Like you don't wait till you move to your the city you feel like God's calling you to. And then I'll start sharing the gospel. And then I'll start making disciples and praying for people. Don't wait till you, you're... you're first Sunday before you. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Like go ahead and have those, those healthy biblical rhythms of service and prayer and share gospel sharing and, and hospitality and you know all of that. Yeah. Why, why would you not just go ahead and incorporate that and let that be the overflow, the ministry be the overflow of your life. I think that's a great, a great takeaway, man. That's solid. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I would say also pastor the church you have, not the church you want. Well, and that goes to the very first thing you said, the, the the big mistake, right? Living for the future and not living in the moment. And yeah, that's two different things, isn't it? Because the yeah. church you might want is years away, you know, huge distance away from where you are personally. And yeah. I, I failed at that too, man. I just, you have this always thinking bigger and more and one day will, you know, again, and one day never comes, right? Cause then you hit that, you hit that attendance goal or you hit that offering goal or you hit that big special service or whatever it is, whatever metric you're using. And it doesn't satisfy you. Like, yeah. so there, that is also an identity piece in that. It's like, this is the ministry is not, there's more to it than just what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's... Well, and, and yeah, and, and I think um, you know, recently I listened to uh, discipleship.org had a a podcast, and I'm going to shoot you the link so you have it for the, oh, the show sweet. resource because yeah. I don't Please. remember the name of it. Um, but they were uh, talking. They had a gentleman on who's talking about sustained disciple making. Um, so it, it's it's disciple making that doesn't burn out in six months. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like <laughs> either the and he he talked about um thinking about it in terms of a three year commitment to make a disciple that'll ever reproduce something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 and, and, and kind of using the story of Jesus to like, talk, you know, talk about that's, that's what it looked like for him. Yeah. I mean, he walked with those guys for a long time and, and, and honestly, was probably able to spend a lot more time with them than you or I probably have in our, our platter to spend with folks. And yeah. so having that long-term vision of just like loving the journey of seeing somebody discover Jesus and have him become bigger in their lives um, for a long period of time. And he even said, there's usually a break between year two and year three. So yeah. like, usually they'll pull back for something. He's like, you just kind of have to expect it. Um, huh. He's like, but don't give up on it. like, so I don't want to, I don't want to go too far, but I will, uh, I will shoot the link. Yeah, up I don't I remember put, names. No, that would names be, and titles. no, that'd be great, man. We'll throw that in the show notes as well. So uh, bro, anything else? So we're going to wind this down here. We've been mm-hmm. going, we're, hit, we're, we're at that 30 minute mark. Anything else related to this idea of you were living in the future instead of actually in the past, you were loving you love the product, the result, instead of the process of church plan. Anything else you want to say or resources you want to reference or anything of that before we kind of wind it down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, uh, first thing I'd say is if um, if you kind of look in the mirror and you love church plants and the idea of taking the gospel to places where it's never been before, but you look in the mirror and you just say, hey, like, I don't think I'm really going to enjoy church planning. That's okay. 
Like, it, I just want to say, like, it doesn't make you a, like a less of a Christian no, because you not. come to that realization. But here's what I would say. If you do have the heart for church planting, uh, yet you are yourself not a church planter, you can always be someone's support system. You can always be yeah. the person where you say, hey, man, when you go out in the field, you can call me anytime. I'll talk to you about whatever's going on. I will care about your church plant like no one else will. And I will be here for you if you That's need, good. you know, and if you want to, you want to be a financial partner. I mean, I, I'm not trying to make it about money, but. Um, you know, I tried to set my church plant up, so we didn't need any because we're in Utah and there's not a lot to go around. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, you know, if you're kind of if your model requires a certain level of, of finances, you know, like or, or, or the person you're connected to model requires a certain level of finances, be that person like set aside, yeah. you know, so much of, you, of your living to be able to support that. And and you'll be surprised how much God will bless you when you can give to a ministry you believe in. Um, uh, and then uh, and then in terms of books. Um, I would just say um, there's a really good book. Uh, it's a little bit not very well known. I, I suggested it to you. It's by Christopher Van Dusen, and it's uh, what the what the New Testament has to say to Western Christianity. Yeah, I was. Um, it's good. I was okay. I was looking back on my shelf, and I think I told you this. My, you could see, if you're watching this video on YouTube and not on the audio. So my bookshelf yeah. is organized by color, which looks cool, but is not a convenient one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember what color the book was. I was going to pull it and show it, but I don't remember. What color it was. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's, it's pretty easily, easily findable on, uh, on Amazon or, or whatever. We'll but, throw uh, a link in the show notes as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say just read that and um, really, you know, look at what these men in the new Testament had to sacrifice to establish these churches. That's good. Um, and, and count the cost, you know, before you, you start going telling everybody that you're going to pay the bill. <laughs> that's good. Because it stinks, it stinks, it stinks when you get out there and the, and the invoice comes and you ain't got the money. Uh, I'm using <laughs> that in like a, a metaphorical sense, but uh, <laughs> oh, that's good, man. Well, Chris, I appreciate you joining us. We will have to, uh, man, I'd love to have you on again and kind of flesh out even some of the topics we just touched on. But I know there's been plenty. Of, you and I, again, Chris is in Utah with me, he's just down the what 40 minutes down the road, if that, yeah. Um, so we get to talk a lot and I, I know there's tons of lessons that have been learned. We've shared stories and heartaches and mistakes. So there's, I know there's plenty more to talk about, but we're going to stop this right now. Uh, I hope this has been helpful, informative. I do encourage you to check out the show notes. We'll fl- throw those few resources that have been mentioned there, those links to those so that you can find those. If this has been helpful to you, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave us a rating or review. Also, I'd encourage you, man, just to pass it along, share it with uh, other church planting friends, your team, your sending church, uh, put it on your social media or whatever for other people can find it. We'd love to, to be a, a resource and a help to them as well as they are in the city where God's called them to plant or they're preparing to go to that city. Um, again, I'm, I'm Logan Wolf in Provo. I've been joined by my friend, Chris Murray. He's down there in Santa Quin, Utah. And this is everything I did wrong as a church planter, a million part series.